Hello, and welcome to the University of Michigan Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation Residency Podcast. I'm Trent Hall, PGY4. This episode was recorded live November 29, 2018, at the annual Theodore Cole Resident Research Day. This event commemorates the lifetime achievements of Dr. Theodore Cole, a pioneer in the field of PM&R and the second chair of our department. Dr. James Pasternak presents his original research, Evaluation of Validity of K-Level Assignment by Physicians. For more information, visit our residency website. All right, good afternoon, everybody. Um, my project's on the evaluation of the validity of K-Level Assignment uh, by Physicians. So we're going to be talking about patients with amputations, specifically lower extremity amputations, and their potential uh, for recovery afterwards with a prosthetic device. I'd like to thank uh, Dr. Kelly and Jeff Wensman over at the OMP department for their help, along with Dr. Kalpachian as they've been serving as my mentors uh, as we develop this project. Uh, just for some brief background here, um, there are approximately 2 million people in the United States with an amputation right now. And according to other studies, around 185,000 people will receive an amputa amputation each year. Uh, studies suggest that this population will double by 2050. And some of the biggest reasons for that are, are lower extremity amputations due to peripheral vascular disease and diabetes which, as if you're on an inpatient unit uh, for rehabilitation, you know are not going anywhere anytime soon. So from our, from our perspective, our goal is to uh, provide prosthetic, uh, prosthetic device to maximize a patient's functionality post-amputation. And really, it comes down to our evaluation of their potential, something that's extremely subjective. Um, the definition of functional mobility is the ability to perform tasks that require uh, a person to ambulate daily and vary their cadence. And we, when we assign these people the, these values, it's called the Medicare Functional Classification Level, and it's also known as the K level. This next slide will just show a nice giant chart as to how the K levels work. So um, if, as you go down, K4 is the highest functioning or highest potential. These are usually athletes or, pedi or pediatric patients, whereas a K0 is a patient that doesn't have the ability to walk prior to their amputation. Um, Kind of then you get to the middle ground with the K1, K2, and K3, and really the biggest thing that uh, we want to point out is the ability to vary your cadence, and that kind of lends you towards that, that K3. And the, the issue with this is it brings into the components you can get in a prosthetic device. So the higher your level, so K4, you have more options for your prosthetic device, which would give you a greater potential of functional return. So the problem with this, uh, and the word potential, is that it's subjective. And as medicine moves to more of an objective route of looking at things, um, the assignments historically have been done by a subjective uh, clinical experience. Uh, so six months after their amputation, a patient will come in for their follow-up appointment, and they'll be assigned a preliminary K level uh, based on whatever uh, the physician usually asks them. Uh, and it's not standardized. Each physician will have their own list of questions. Um, so a lot of studies that I've looked at have shown like the biggest drawback to this is the fact that it's not guided by research currently. There's no objective standard that everyone uses. And we're focusing mostly on the K2 and K3 level because this is where uh, it's really hard to 
ascertain or, or discern a difference between the two just objectively. Uh, a lot of studies have looked at uh, the current standard objective measure, which is the AMP Pro, AMP No Pro, it's, which is a series of tasks that a patient's asked to do in an outpatient PT session, usually. Um, and I'll, I'll, show you, I'll show you some of, some of the things they have to do later. Um, but what it limits is the patient's ability to learn how to gait train with their prosthetic device. Um, because it starts their outpatient PT visits, which insurance companies will then start their outpatient PT clocks, minimizing the amount of time they get to gait train. Additional, they have a lot of follow-up appointments already. This is just an, an additional follow-up appointment for them to have to make. And then there's the question of how well does it actually compare to a physician's assignment. There was a study that was published last year uh, that showed that an a experienced rehabilitation physician uh, out of nine patients correctly assessed the K-level seven times, whereas the AMP Pro, AMP No Pro only correctly assigned the value four times. Small sample size, but something to take note of. So the AMP Pro, AMP No Pro is a, a series of tasks which include uh, having a patient work on their, show their, how, how will they transfer, so sit to stand, stand to sit, how will they ambulate uh, with stairs, with a level service, a level surface, and then also with their ability to deal with obstacles, kind of that whole are they able to vary their cadence or not. And the next slide is extremely busy, I'm sorry, but uh, it just shows exactly what goes through an AMP Pro, AMP No Pro. So as you can see, this, this, this study or this, this task, it will take a ton of time and uh, patients aren't always happy about it, and neither are some of the physicians. We'll briefly mention some of the limitations for the AMP Pro, AMP No Pro. Um, just gonna rehash those. This, yeah, another appointment for these patients to make, most of these patients, uh, especially as we move on, or like with the diabetes or the peripheral vascular disease, already have a lot of outpatient appointments. They're having to make another one just to do the AMP Pro, AMP No Pro. It starts their outpatient PT days, which limits the amount of time they're gonna actually get to gait train. Uh, with their prosthetic device. So we came up with this, uh, the, the questions uh, for our study in there, is the current sub subjective assignment from a physician consistent with the current objective standard? And then are there any objective measures that we can do in a regular follow-up clinic visit, visit with one of our rehabilitation physicians or the orthotists and prosthetists that can help support a physician's uh, subjective assessment? And so our goals are to first compare the assessment from, from our physicians to the AMP Pro, AMP No Pro, and then to see if uh, a subjective, a self-reported assessment from a patient, the Houghton scale, and, a two minute, and a, an, objective assess, or, uh, an objective measure, a two-minute walk test to support or what could potentially change a physician's uh, subjective assessment. Uh, our goal, our, to do this, we'll have the, uh, the patient follow up as normal, so six weeks after their amputation, they'll, they'll come in to their appointment, uh, and they'll be asked if they're willing to par participate in a, in a volunteer research study where they'll ha have to go through an AMP Pro AMP, or AMP No Pro, take the Houghton scale and do a two-minute walk test with the OMP residents. Um, and then we'll compare the physician assessment to the AMP Pro, AMP No Pro. Our, our physician will be blinded from these results. And then when we, we test the Houghton, the two-minute walk test, um, we'll show those results to the physician and we'll det determine if they uh, would change their opinion or change their assignment or not. And then we can follow these patients up over time to see if, if they've reached that potential that we think they have. This next slide just kind of just shows it in a, a diagram form. Um, so they all, they all will accept the question to, 
to, to participate in the study or they'll not, and then if they don't, they'll just continue to follow up as they normally would. So for our inclusion criteria, we were going to use any uh, lower extremity amputation that uses the K value, um, and it could be for any reason. It could be trauma, it could be diabetes, it's vascular disease. Uh, so these would include a, a below-knee amputation, an above-knee amputation, and a sinus amputation. Uh, they must have the prosthetic device, so that can be even be the preliminary device that they would get on uh, with their first amputation. And then the patient should be ambulatory prior to uh, the amputation. We're, we would exclude upper extremity amputations only. Uh, any hip disarticulations or partial foot amputations. The partial foot amputations don't use the K level. And then uh, the hip disarticulations, uh, in talking with uh, Dr. Kelly, it, one, it's, you're starting to involve the pelvis, and two, uh, if their potential is pretty much set, in, set towards a certain level already. And then so just for a timing of this, um, with, with talking to the orthotists and prosthetists and, and, and researching other things, we feel like if we get, we get them to do these tests somewhere in between months five and seven of after their amputation, so that, uh, to, they, that's when they'll reach the, uh, their best, when they'll be best evaluated for their potential. Usually it's around the six month time frame after an amputation when a patient gets assigned their final uh, K, K level. Uh, these next couple slides are just going to go through the scoring system that we'll have for uh, this, the, current, the different tasks and tests that we'll have them do. So the AMP Pro, the AMP No Pro, well, uh, historically and classically it's done by a trained physical therapist in an outpatient setting. We're actually going to have the OMP residents learn from one of the outpatient PT uh, people here and they will be trained how to adequately perform the AMP Pro, AMP No Pro. And however they do on, however the patients do on their evaluation will be the, the level that they're assigned. Uh, the Houghton scale has been used in other studies in, in this population because of its uh, good retestability. It's and it's pretty valid according to other studies. And so what you'll do is you'll, you'll present them this, this questionnaire. You present the patients this questionnaire, and they'll answer these questions, and you add up the point value. So. For that first question up top, if they answer the second one, they get two points. Or sorry, if they answer the third question, or if they answer the third, the circle of third one, it would be two points, and so forth. So if, if their score is greater than or equal to nine, they'd get a K level three. If their score is in between six and eight, it'd be a K level of two. And if their score is less than or equal to five, it'd be level one. And then we were going to use a two minute walk test. So uh, other studies uh, have shown that a six minute walk test is a pretty good. Uh, test to, to show how well somebody could ambulate in the community. Uh, and then for other studies, then also showed that a two-minute walk test correlates well with the six-minute walk test. And so, if they're able to walk about 113, if they're able to walk 113 meters in th that two minutes, they'd be considered a community ambulator, which would give them the K level three. Um, to kind of stress the difference between K level two and one, we looked at, at different studies that show walking speed relating to community ambulation and household ambulation. So there seems to be a, if a patient can't walk faster than 0.5 meters per second, that's when they are no longer able to even limitedly, limitedly ambulate in the community. So that's kind of, that's where we're drawing the line in, in between two and one. And then since this is all based on the potential, if there's a conflicting score given between the two minute walk test and the Houghton scale, um, we would give them the higher score because they show that they have that potential in one of those tests. So currently, to, we're, we haven't collected any data, but when we analyze the data, 
um, we're going to use a, a comparison with a weighted kappa to see if a physician, how the physician's uh, score rates with the AMP pro, no pro. Um, the yellow diagonal box there would be perfect agreement, which would be great to have, but if it doesn't, we would like to see which one's evaluating uh, the patient at a higher potential. Is it the physician or is it the AMP pro, AMP no pro? And then something similarly, or we'll do a similar thing when we use the Houghton scale the two minute, and the two-minute walk test to see if it supports the physician assessment or makes them think about changing it. Um, so going forward, we're still looking for uh, IRB approval. Uh, there is a potential quality improvement uh, part of the pro our project because we're trying to change how uh, patients go about doing this and maybe limit the uh, outpatient visits being too early with the AMP Pro so that they can have further gate training with their prosthetic device. Still need to train the, o or the residents that are currently here in the AMP Pro, AMP No Pro, so we're hopefully to get that done in the next couple months. And then after <laughs> that's done, we'll start trying to enroll some people. And so the OMP residency kind of follows the same line as our residency, so we'll have to reassess how much data we have collected and see if we need to continue on in the future and train future OMP residents starting next academic cycle. I'd like to thank Dr. Kelly uh, and Dr. Kalpachian who have been extremely helpful uh, during this process. Uh, I'd also like to thank Jeff, uh, Wensman, and Megan and Sarah, the two OMP residents who I've gotten to meet um, and their help in the future. Thank you. This has been an episode of the University of Michigan Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation Residency Podcast. Thank you for listening. Please stay tuned for additional episodes, comment, and subscribe. And don't forget to check out our residency website.